Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Fireteam Chat, IGN's Destiny Show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Joining me today is Sean Finnegan. Chop, chop. And Brian Malkowitz. You have not been on the show in a while. It's good to see you again. Thank you for having me. It's been a while. I think it's almost been a year since I've been on a Fireteam Chat episode. About. Anybody, any dedicated watchers are probably like, who? Oh. C-Team yeah. Brian Malkowitz. C-Team. <laughs> Wait, C-Team? CJ and Fran are out. They were there for the IGN first recording. They were there for uh, Guardian Con. Guardian Con. Yes. Yep. Uh, it was so awesome getting to meet everybody at Guardian Con. Let's talk about what's coming up on the show. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Bungie Day and a little bit about what it means to Guardians on the internet. We're also going to talk about our IGN first coverage and go over some of the things we discussed. And we're also going to tease a few things we have upcoming for the community. Guys, don't forget if you're listening to the audio version of this show, thank you. And if you have some time, please take a moment to leave a review as it helps us grow. All right, Brian, Sean. Bungie Day. It is the 10-year anniversary of the first day it started. Celebration items were originally given out on Xbox Live, and that included like gamer picks, dashboard stuff. Uh, the Halo 2 Blastacular map pack was made free. <laughs> Fast forward to today, they're giving us some awesome 4K wallpapers, and they're doing a little film festival about your finest moments in Destiny. So to celebrate that, I thought we would do our entry right now, live on the show. Talk about some of our finest moments in Destiny 1 as we move into Destiny 2. So here we go. One of my finest moments in Destiny was definitely my flawless raider attempt. I remember it specifically, exactly like it's happening right now, <laughs> especially the jumping puzzle you can part. see it in your mind's well, eye. I remember the jumping puzzle. The jumping puzzle part because, I mean, I have the VOD of it. You can hear the whole team's like – exasperated gasps as I jump and I hit that geometry and it tries to force me off and I like jump <laughs> to try and save it and I manage to hit the ledge and then we go to the end and it's where it's intense because like you could fall off the ledge you could oh, yeah. you could stand with the bubble the shield too close to the the thing when you're taking down Atheon but we did it I got that flawless raider trophy in year one uh, that's probably one of my favorite memories in Destiny. What about you, Sean? Uh, my memory is a Trials-related memory. Uh, I uh, was We were playing on Pantheon. This is like one of the very first weeks of Trials uh, where – uh, you know where the flag spawns on the raised platform in the middle of Pantheon? So it was a 1v3, and I was trying to snag the flag because the only way I thought I could beat all three players was to ninja the flag from them. So I'm sprinting yeah. towards the flag. I come out through the waterfall area, and they're already there. And I this is during the, the heyday of like the last word for me. And I remember... One, I killed one right off the bat. His buddy tried to res him while the other guy jumped up on the flag. I killed him, and then I turned around and just no scope sniped him in the head, and I won the round. And my team was like, oh, we had one of those moments. And I don't know. There's just so few feeling – like there's such – you get such a feeling of like badassness or like 
you're such a baller when you come out on top of a play where you were definitely not supposed to come out on top. Oh, I think yeah. that has to be my top memory in like the first year of Destiny. There are many, but mine has to be PvP related. Basically, every time I have uh, the final kill in Crucible, I feel like it's one of those moments. Any <laughs> <laughs> time. Yeah. Oh, that was supposed to happen. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, what about you? So mine is also trials related. Um, as you guys know, and probably Finnegan more, is that I am bad at PvP. Like. It's just so much of the point of the word. I just I just make PVE my main primary thing to do in Destiny. So, so this one uh, time I got a kill. This one time I got a <laughs> no. So I think it was uh, Bodum and you, I believe. Maybe maybe it was somebody else. But we were, no, we were doing me. trials. Yeah. I know you were there. I know you were there for sure. But uh, and my we were got this epic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, away, away with you. No, we actually went flawless on this this trials run. You know, and like this is coming from a guy, and I didn't get carried. That much, by the way. Um, you know, <laughs> I get, I contributed well enough. You know, I didn't go, you know, negative on kills, but this is coming from a person who's like 0.5 KD in Crucible, you know, and mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, after pushing PvP aside so much and then being able to go flawless once <laughs> in the entirety of Destiny, that was uh, probably my proudest and finest moment. I, I actually have not gone flawless that many times. Well, so here's the interesting thing. Didn't we go flawless, but you had an interesting hiccup, right? Or is that no, a no, no. This thing? is a different time. So I tried okay. to go. I tried to go. Talking good so memories. We're no, talking, we're was, talking good memories. It was memories. good for me. Yeah. No, Long no, no. story so, short. So tell the story. There was please. another time. It wasn't with. I don't think you were there. It was with me and so, I forget who it was. But anyways, we were. I don't think you were. But I we went flawless basically. But a last minute disconnect caused me to lose out. Lose it. So it was a weird glitch too because it, you know like Mercury was accessible on my directory. Really. Yeah, so I was able to click Mercury, like it's, you know, it's right there. But it was like, sorry. And it's like, sorry, you don't have the credentials to go yeah. here. And, you know, you know, the, and it the showed other two people that on the was, fire team. It showed that he was one win short. Yeah. But yeah. both the other team, which I think it was me. Uh, yeah, it might have been you. But had the, two had it. the full card. <laughs> we could go. <laughs> and Ryan could they got, go. They got, their, they got their, you know, their, their gear and Did they their loot. You in of and course, then said no. of course <laughs> this happens to Brian because yeah. if any of you guys are like old school watchers, Brian is the reason we didn't complete the raid on the first day for Wrath of the Machine because we uh, got disconnected. Was it me? Yeah, you got disconnected Man, on the run that we were going to have it. S- those are- we we had him. We had uh, what's access to like five percent on yes. the last bit, mm-hmm. and then it just goes. Brian X Bang has departed, departed from the party. We were like, you know, it was are funny you serious? I was still in the party for maybe like maybe like two seconds before the internet just completely cut out, and I hear what the. Yeah, <laughs> and just it like just complete black. Very. I have a lot of bad. Brian, Brian Redbar Malkowitz. Brian, Redbar, I have a lot of bad <laughs> memories, but great memories in the raid because <laughs> the first time so went to vault funny. the glass with the uh, jumping puzzle, and it took me like thirty minutes to figure oh, that whole yeah, thing I've out. I've told that story on the show. <laughs> Like yeah, that's times. me. This he was Brian, the yeah. one. I was the one who couldn't do it. I, I mean, we PvP, took him. PvP it was, uh, was no, we here. took him into the raid. It was you, Alfredo, and like I think some of his uh, his streaming crew. Yeah, and uh, it was the first. Granted, it was the first. Everyone has trouble on the drum puzzle. The very first. It was my very first time the through the fault of glass. Forewarning. Yeah, but. and it was really funny. He it must have took him like thirty minutes. Yeah, to get it done before they said just. All go to orbit there and we'll teach you later. Like, <laughs> wait, wait, like in fall, fall. fall. It was great. In my defense, they were telling me to go down to that bottom ledge and jump across the thing without using the platforms that were uh, right there. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And later it's on, I knew about fault. the bad it's, teammates. It's, it's, it was bad teammates. It's bad teammates. Fault. It wasn't my fault. I didn't know about the platforms that spawned <laughs> all the way to the left well, when you first jump in there. I'm glad at the end it ended up being a fond memory oh, yeah. after all. Guys, those were our memories for Bungie Day. Bungie's holding a little competition right now, and if you want to enter, you can actually send yours in. Just go over to Bungie.net and check out the weekly update this week. 
Moving on, however, we're going to discuss some of our coverage for IGN First. They had the open beta announcement trailer, uh, just kind of giving you a tease and what you can expect in the beta. Here's what it contains. They said on the update, Homecoming, the opening mission and cinematics from Destiny 2's campaign. Is it the opening mission? We don't know. Yeah, they, they say that in there because speculation about that, right? Well, there's no some contradiction because they say that there's things that happen before homecoming mm-hmm. that you do before you get Maybe to that a mission. Yeah. Also, we, I mean, we've played it, and what's interesting is they've kind of positioned the opening of the game as like the, you know, they take the they take the traveler, the mm-hmm. cabal take the traveler, and the guardians are without their light, mm-hmm. and even in some of the cinematics, we see like. Them losing their life. Yeah, and like the ghosts yeah. disappearing and like the kind of light. I haven't light. seen that part. Oh, yeah, cool. the, the the light like disappearing off Guardians' bodies and stuff. As they're like kind of like struggling yeah, through. Yeah, but and in like Homecoming, you have access to your super and if you, you die, you can get res. I think so it's, it's like, like – that's, that's, I think it's we just going to be a beta it, thing really. We refer to it in the biz as a vertical slice. So that means it's like yeah. a mission where you can get an idea of what the game is going to be like but, I think, but not necessarily full. Yeah, I think Homecoming is going to be that mission where it's like you at your most powerful mm-hmm. and then the traveler is going to, or sorry, the cabal is going to come in, stop the traveler's light, and then that's where we, you know, we're dropping. We yeah, well, I, so. I think it's mm-hmm. down to level what, one. I think it, I think that's how the game will progress, but I think yeah. what we're going to experience in the beta is just that homecoming mission we played at E3. Well, yeah. I was going to say, there may even be a third part to that homecoming mission. You know, there's the part in the tower, and then there's the part on the ship, mm-hmm. and you never get all the way to the bottom to disable the, like, the thing. You get confronted by whatever Gary. By yeah, Gary. Gary. Yeah, and uh, that's where it ends, right? Like, I'll bet you that third act is you lose that fight. They take the traveler. We've seen that in the, Everyone in the trailer. Like, like he, yeah. he's like, Your, "Let me reintroduce you." It's a death. Yeah, he goes, yeah. Like, "Your journey." Oh yeah, when he kind of kicks you off of the, he uh, kicks you off, he kicks you. Like, I bet yeah. you that's how it ends. Yeah. Is like yeah. you lose that fight. They so take the traveler. The guardians lose their light, yeah. and that's where like the beginning of the game happens. Yeah. So it's probably whatever. a chopped up mission for yeah, the beta, knows? and there's probably extended a, in there. But. I had a theory that your guardian would die. We'll have to see what happens. September sixth. But what about August, the whole like but. your appearances come over and everything? What happens? If, I, like, I think you die, and then your ghost revives you one last time, and then you get the traveler's light back, and all the ghosts. Or you die, and then your ghost <laughs> revives you, and it's like here's your character select screen. Yeah. You have to like redesign <laughs> yeah. a whole new yeah. character. Bye. It's gonna be really really interesting. Yeah. Uh, wh- whatever they do, we don't know. By the way, Not, this is some, wild speculation. wild speculation. Yeah. <laughs> also contained within will be countdown. Enter the crucible to battle other guardians in a brand new mode: attacker defend the base. On a new map, custom built to support this new game type, Control. We're gonna get to play Control. By the way, we'll talk about that a little later. The original standard for Crucible Combat is back with some impactful changes. Control the zones on another new map built with this objective in mind. The Inverted Spire Strike. Strike at the heart of a Vex stronghold. Bring two willing allies, or let matchmaking introduce you to a fire team of guardians. New subclasses, the new fighting style for each class will be at the ready. Choose from the Domblade Warlock, the Arkstrider Hunter, or the Sentinel Titan. And the farm for one hour, one hour, you guys, on Sunday, July 23rd, we're inviting you to tour the new social space in Destiny 2, 10 a.m. Pacific. You're welcome to kick the ball into the net or befriend a chicken. His name is Ralph, by the way. Most vendors and services will be offline. Our goals are to see how many of you we can accommodate at once. That is everything contained within the beta. What do you guys think? Seems like a hefty amount. That's good. Pretty crucible heavy. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. That seems like a little bit – I mean I'm not complaining about the amount of content that's in the beta. Um, Just a little um, is fine, but 
seem like a little bit less than the Destiny One beta. I don't alpha. know. Do we you had remember the, the Destiny One was two Crucible maps on control, but it had it had you could go to Earth and you had like all of Earth to yeah, explore. Yeah, but only right? up until level eight, right? Yeah, yeah, but you can still go. You can still go to level phases? twenty areas. There was a beta, alpha and a beta. So and the alpha yeah. was like levels one through eight, and then the second it was like one was one like eight through, through fifteen, right? I don't think I don't think it was like one through six, and the other one was. I think it only always capped at level eight. I think you're right, Brian. But I don't know. That was a million years ago. Yeah. However, um. They have kind of talked about why they're not letting you have too much access to it. They felt like they gave away too much exploration in the beginning. And then it's like you had to grind up through that part again. And a lot of people, when they come into the full game, they're like, well, I already did this. I mean, this is actually – this is a sentiment I've heard a lot of gamers express with sort of pre-release content, beta or alpha phases. It's like sometimes they're a little – they're – disinclined to play that stuff mm-hmm. because they don't want they don't like the idea of having to do it all again which is what you yeah. just said that's how i and feel i i mean i think it depends on what you're going into the beta to do if it's mm-hmm. to play and actually progress then sure you're the idea of having to do all that stuff again that sucks but if you want to go in there and just get a taste of what it's going to be like and see how the different things are kind of lining up or shaping up then you're getting a good variety of different things here you got some pvp you got some pve you got the farm, some of the neat new stuff that they're introducing, and you're going to get like a little taste of it all. That's why yeah, I kind of want to speculate that you know because they have like they have the farm here for one hour on the that that Sunday. They That's did the just same stress testing. It is a stress test, but they did that same thing with the Destiny One Alpha. Like if you guys rem- or the beta, if you remember, like that final Sunday, they opened up the moon for like an hour. That's right. Um, so it's I I'm kind of speculating that they might do the same thing I there. I forgot that they did that. Yeah, yeah. Like I was, I was really upset because I wasn't at home mm-hmm. and I heard you know just on Twitter like, oh, the moon's, moon's up Destiny. And you're like, Surprise. Mm-hmm. and like <laughs> you really want to go see it, but I mean, I they probably might do the same thing here. You know, aside from the farm, but that's pretty cool to give us a taste of the open world. But maybe not. Who knows? We could talk a little bit more about the farm because it was a piece of our IGN first coverage. Brian, you watched it. I did watch it. As an external spectator, you wrote down some questions here on our uh, where, where did I where did I put on these page down? one near the bottom? The farm. Oh yeah. The farm. Okay. So I wanted to understand if the farm is gonna be the main social space in Destiny too. So That's I watched the footage I watched the footage over Brian's shoulder and my first thought was it's cool. A little small though. That's that's yeah. my thing, is like you it seems a little small. Like you they want to fit twenty six people in here. And it's like how long can that just Seem like a good solution. So in the video that you guys watched, there's a there's an additional area behind where I started walking in down the hill. And there's like campfires back there. And there's a house off to the left that we didn't explore mm. and like a long dock that we didn't show in the video because they did say that the world's going to populate more. Sure. And at the time, there were just a few people there. And they wanted us to avoid spoiler-heavy stuff. So they were like, well, let's just save that. Yeah, because in the video, it doesn't it doesn't go in a lot. You know, it showed Tyrakarn. It showed the Cryptarch and the Postmaster. But it doesn't, you know, show, like, faction vendors. It doesn't show the Vanguard. I'm sure in the beginning of the game, the Vanguard isn't even at the farm because yeah. they're scattered throughout the We were the asked galaxy. not to, like, go into inventory and stuff like that. Sure. I don't know yeah. if it's because they're still working on it or what. But, uh, yeah, we were able to just give you a tease of the mm-hmm. farm. Now, about the space. It does feel similar in size to the tower. Okay. Basically. Okay. So it's, it's like a, you gotta, you gotta remember, be there to really understand the scope yeah, of the size. Tower kind of had like these branching sides. Well, like it, it had three major branches. But really it's not that big, the mm-hmm. tower in itself. Oh yeah. yeah. I'd say maybe mm-hmm. even a, yeah, I don't want to give any comparative space because then people would be like, Destiny 2 social space is smaller than ever. But if <laughs> you know. so, if it is the I don't. So my prediction based on 
literally nothing is I don't think it'll be the main social space. Like I think at some point you have it here in a later question about mm. whether or not we get the tower back. Yeah, because like part of the narrative is like, we're fighting for the last city back. Yeah. Right? So you'd imagine like, hey, we want our home back. Like, yeah, like we want I, the tower. That's our. I'm that's just gonna guess. I'll bet you one day we reclaim the tower and it becomes a separate social space. Yeah. Um, the for those question, guardians who have finished the campaign. Yeah. Maybe yeah. yeah maybe even later in like a year or two down the line in Destiny's life if that's like added in expansions or that's something like that. But. Yeah, because like you know, I mean, I would still be cool to have like the Iron Temple open as well later on. You know, like I think the and you know, um, maybe something on the Dreadnought. You know, places that we've been that we know exist in the lore and yeah. exist within the universe that we've mm-hmm. already been inhabiting for a while. The question I have about the farm specifically is, uh, how do you get there? Yeah, like I yeah. want to know. So again, I hate I bring it up all the time in World of Warcraft. The social spaces what are. Game? I've heard of it. Yeah, it's You've this great MMORPG times. that uh, a lot of people played for a long time. has been going on for a while. Uh, in World of Warcraft, the social spaces are cities or outposts that yeah. are either horde or alliance, basically faction controlled or neutral, where both they can so both you think you can side with Gaul. Well, what kidding. I'm saying is like these spaces, people can come and go at will from the outer world. That is, oh, explorable. you mean like if you want to go explore the EDZ, you just like walk from the farm. Into it would be like patrol. It, yeah, basically. it would be like you're driving around your sparrow on Earth, and all of a sudden there's like a pathway leading up into the mountains, and you just take it up there, and all of a sudden you're in the city. There's right. no loading in, and all you do is go past some guards who basically make sure that, like in a, in 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 World of Warcraft, the NPCs would just attack random sort random of mobs that, mobs try to come that in. yeah try and come into the city. Right. Or, I don't know if you can do that. That's what I'm saying is like could if I'm in the farm could I just walk, walk to the edge and then be out on earth like I in don't, the neutral zone I don't or whatever. think so I think there is an area where it's like the tower is right now it's like no you can't go that far It's not it's something like, yeah. you can just it's like a return to the space. main area tent yeah. Yeah, see, uh, yeah. that's a bummer But at least you don't have to go to orbit Yeah we st- we get that at least well, you can just yeah. open up your directory and, and sure. open up your directory go wherever you want to go and it just sends you directly there as opposed yeah. to Which will go to orbit to pick the place then go there again Yeah, yeah I mean like I don't know what it what it entails, like on a technical perspective, but like you think it would be really cool, and it would be a rate a great uh, immersive experience for the player is if you could, yeah, be walking around in the town or in the farm, and then all of a sudden just like hop on your sparrow and fly out of there, and maybe just that part inside the farm is instanced so that people can kind of come and go as you please, and once you leave, you're out of that server and into a different one mm-hmm. where there are other players and stuff. That way, you keep the populations even, but like having to like bring up the directory and go out, I think yeah. that would be. A little immersion breaking. You do have a good note here, uh, actually. Though they said it's dynamic, could the size grow as you play through story? I don't know if that's possible. Yeah. Like maybe the, I didn't see any sections that could possibly like open up that I can think right. of. But uh, maybe. Yeah, the only, the only like argument against that is like what would that look like to a guardian who hasn't progressed, right? So if you come into the farm but like someone who's level 40 and they've opened up parts of the – the place that you have you have access to is like what would that look like to them when you go to that space you just yeah they yeah. just like you just disappear. disappear through a door that like a closed door or it's yeah. like and then you walk up to it I and think it's like denied entry I think you've answered your own question yeah, yeah so it's like answer, yeah I no. thought about that as yeah. a question like I don't know if that would work yeah. and uh, your final your final question here no you can't kick the chickens Why can't no you kicking chicken? Ralph if you ever played I'm Fable? You. If you ever played Fable? You can kick chickens, and it was funny. But everybody called you chicken chaser mm. for it. But so in Counter Strike, there are chickens on a few of the maps. You guys uh, are monsters, and you can, sh- you can shoot fun. the chickens, and when they 
get shot, they make a noise, and people have used them to distract players before. Really? Because Counter-Strike's a game about sound, right? If you hear yeah. something, you're like... What was that, Snipe? Yeah. <laughs> Chicken abuse goes as far back as, the, what, like A Link to the Past? There you go. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't remember. But to, don't they quote me on that. They, they, they got they get their revenge. They got their revenge in Link to the Past. Yeah. Also, it affords the opportunity, again, in Counter-Strike, like when Halloween rolls around, like everyone was surprised to see all the chickens running around in little ghost costumes. Yeah. Like, it's pretty funny. You have the That's opportunity cool. to do that in Destiny now, too. That's yeah. awesome. I don't know if the chickens have ghost co- costumes. That's not confirmed. <laughs> we'll <laughs> see what happens with we'll when the uh, when the Halloween comes up, and then we just see chickens with like like ghosts and like yeah. spiderwebs. On them <laughs> There's like walking pumpkins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also discussed uh, the vision piece. Loadout locks. Yeah, that was how do that you was guys interesting. Feel about that. That was the most interesting piece <laughs> of. I mean, it's always really cool to hear about what they think the game is going to be and what they yeah. designed the game. Like in their heads for, yeah. but the bit about having locked weapons for particular activities, they didn't which they confirm didn't which activities. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, I don't know. That sounds really interesting. I think he's talking about the nightfall. Hmm. Like that's the one that makes sense for me. Like a new way to like elevate the challenge of nightfall, yeah. for example, would easily be like, hey, you got to pick what you're bringing in there before you go, and that's what you get a way to elevate the challenge. So I thought it might be trials. Mm-hmm. And they might Ooh. revert trials back to again a more Halo-like experience where most players are using the loadout that they come in with mm-hmm. and vying for control of preset power weapons. So like, mm. there's a Galahorn in a neutral spot on the map, and you have to run to grab it. And whoever controls the Galahorn spawn has a better chance of achieving their goal. Mm. I think that might be crazy. I wonder if that would that would kind of contradict the like sense of progression that people get. It's like, hey, I'm, I worked hard for this powerful weapon. Now I want to bring that into the most challenging PvP like mode in the game. Yeah. So, like, so then they lock that out and like, all right, now you just go find a Galahorn somewhere in the... Well, you're well, right. But well, maybe... I think what he means is like you have to pick your loadout and then you're stuck with that loadout. So yeah. you would be able to bring your coveted exotic... But that's the only one you get to bring. Or like whatever they decide to place as the power weapon there is a special version of whatever the weapon is. So like maybe it's like you can you've discovered Galahorn, you have a Galahorn, you can bring that into trials if you want, but the Galahorn that spawns in there is an iron Galahorn. And it has five rockets in the tube or some shit. Sure. Something. You, like, you saved it. That would be really I think that might be cool. I mean, I don't know how you Destiny balance that or if five. that's a good idea, <laughs> but it just seems like it might be interesting to me. That's pretty cool. Um one that for for like PVE, I guess that'd be like kind of cool too. A bit, I mean, like I guess it's less of an issue now, considering like mm. when you're in a PvP PVE mode, you're like, ah, oh, do I want to use a hand cannon or a scout rifle for this? And like, kind of with your your kinetic and your energy weapons, that's yeah. not as big as a deal now because you can have primary weapons in both slots. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you're not just like, oh, this is better for scouts. This is that's, better for hand cannons. That's been the toughest thing for me to get used to when I have like, let's say I equip two scouts that are basically the same, and I have my primary scout and my secondary scout. When I swap them, I have to look. I'm like, do I have the elemental damage one on, or do I have the okay? I have the element, and I have to look at my menu. And it's, I mean, it should be down there in the bottom left. It is down there in the bottom left, but I have to be like, which one was okay? Because I don't know the weapons right now. And the thing about Destiny One is. Your secondary weapons are so unique. It's shotgun, snipers, mm. fusions. It's pretty obvious when you have that weapon type selected, as opposed to uh, Destiny Two right now. It's like I have a scout, and that's I think a we'll scout. See. I actually I, I had the same problem the f- the few times that I played Destiny Two was like I couldn't yeah. remember if I was on my and I know it's not primary and secondary, no, yeah. but I can't remember which weapon I'm on. Elemental, and yeah. Like kinetic, what I would yeah. do is like I'll have an auto rifle as my primary, my primary, and then my 
like a submachine gun as my secondary. But then as I'm looking at them, I'm like, which one am I on? Yeah. I think I we'll remember. soon, as we, as we play that, I think we'll soon just like get into that groove and it'll just be, yeah. it'll well, just and be, also as you learn like, oh, weapons. well, no. As you learn yeah. the weapons, you'll, yeah. you'll understand the difference between them. And then you're like, that's just something that'll be second nature. Definitely. Yeah. You have a note on here. Will it create a meta that these weapons are the best for this? I kind of hope so. That would be really cool to see again. But variety but, is the issue. Remember when Valis Tark was like the bad guy and it's like, this is what you should bring into that encounter. Gallahorn. If you can't, yeah. if you're not bringing Gallahorn, yeah. you're not in this nightfall, buddy. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. But then it was like, it was Black Spindle or Black Hammer at Black the Hammer time. Back then, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I never got. Really? Never got Black never Hammer. Got Black oh man. Hammer. It was I've so done Crota's and so many never got yeah. Black Hammer. You have Spindle though, right? I have Spindle, yeah. Spindle is the better story I think about getting. Yeah. Yeah. But it's exotic. But it's yeah, also yeah, that, a weaker yeah. version of a legendary and yeah. now it's exotic. Which they, they yeah. basically nerfed the legendary. Yeah. Back to well, they nerfed. They did because it was yeah. ridiculous. It was good. super OP. You take out a yeah. fallen walker, no problem from yeah. Yeah. 100 yards away. Yeah. And whatever. Anything <laughs> that stands kind of still, it was really OP. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, it was a really fun weapon to use. I kind of like that they're taking it back to sort of some Destiny 1 philosophies. The, the controversial, Every gun has a defined loadout or uh, role, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like that, for example, because it reminds me of year one when uh, the vendors getting new weapons was like, what did they get this week? What's the new meta? Like, is it going to change anything in the in the game style? And you could go buy that particular piece that you needed. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I think it's an interesting design choice. Uh, it does raise a question, though, which you brought up, which was, and I've seen Reddit talking about this a lot, is uh, weapon variety, right? Yeah. So if all the weapons now have, if every weapon that exists in the game has a pre-designed role and it's only that and there are no yeah. variations of it, does that mean that they're, in order to make the variation on the same level or greater than it was in Destiny 1, there needs to be way more weapons, yeah. which we don't actually know. If that's confirmed or not, well, they so have, that's just a big question. They have talked about ways that they can adjust weapons, even though they have defined roles and stuff like that. They've, I know they have weapon mods too, it. right? But that we well, don't they know what they'll said do. That, have they? We don't. Yeah, that's, I don't know if they've said that specifically. And right. like, I didn't encounter anything when I was playing. So, right. Uh, the only thing was, uh, I wanted to say was exotics definitely give you kind of a unique experience with your weapon relationship, if you want to call it that. <laughs> like, uh, they're now more coveted than they were before because they have those extra perks that aren't going to be on the vendor rolls. So I like that. I like that exotics are special again. I mean, as it should be. But at the Depends same time, it's it. like, I don't know. It's kind of cool when you finally get that the perfect palindrome or whatever, right? It's kind of fun, but that's just because that's what we know right now. When you that's get your true. perfect palindrome, when you mm-hmm. get your perfect – well, I was going to say Hawkman, but that's an exotic. Well, I just think a really good assault rifle roll or – I think the community's yeah. worry though is that like once you get the weapon – It's going to be boring. Then what do you do? Like, Yeah. Yeah. You go it's just, just because the, the thing we know – the thing we know is, all right, we need to do the Undying Mind a million times so we can get the perfect um, – Imago loop roll. Yeah, but in my but opinion, that's what we that's, know now. That's not fun. That's, yeah, design. yeah. That, that's the problem. Is like yeah. you know people get set in their ways, and it's like that's what I like doing now. I like that grind. That's what I want to do. Yeah, but it's is like, it more fun if you do it on your first try and get the first roll and uh, the perfect roll, and then you're like, well, now I have no reason to ever go back. Yeah, I guess, I guess. I guess it just I also depends on the loot system, right? It just depends yeah. on how it just they're comes delivering. Down to, yeah, like more rewards. Like exactly it, more it rewards. It's more like rewards. maybe maybe we don't need to chase one gun all the time see we don't know all the information and people are like i'm so worried it's changing i don't know i don't like change but it's just like 
why don't you just wait and see what happens? Like, yeah. why freak out now? We don't even know what the game's going to be like. Mm-hmm. Really. And if Destiny 1 is any indication, that game massively changed over its three-year course. Definitely. Yeah. So, Anyway, you also brought up uh, the lack of progress in Destiny 1. Why don't you talk a little bit about what you're thinking there? So where where did I make that note? I'm just trying to see this. So that was in the vision. Yeah. When the vision piece where they said like, hey, there's a lack of progress in Destiny 1. It didn't really like majorly elaborate on that. So it's like, what does that mean for Destiny 2? Like what is, what does progression look like? Does it mean that light level like changes drastically? Is there more of it? Does your guardian feel more powerful? Yeah. Um, cause right now when you're, when you're, when you level up in Destiny, you're not like crazy. Pa- so if you go back to Earth, the level, two enemies you know in the first place you spawn you know they're not they're they're easy to kill but you know it's not like you feel like a god mm-hmm. when you're fighting those those lower level enemies so it's like do you think progression will yeah that's an interesting so, thing right i can confirm that there is a progression system like you get new loot and it seemed to light uh, light level us up but uh what i can confirm is how that's going to work they did say they're still tweaking things when we were playing so i don't want to speak definitively about how, how the progression system is going to function because I don't know. Right. I don't know specifically. Well, you know, when, a lot of times when you do IGN first projects, you're getting early access to a game and they're like, hey, this is still being tweaked. We're not talking about that right now or that's not finalized. So we can't speak definitively, but there is definitely that light level progression game that we all enjoy. Yeah, because we can that, see that climbing, that, climbing the ladder. Yeah, we already see that there's light level in the game just based off of the early gameplay. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I just realized we're actually running a little long but what else did you want to ask what you want about we want to make this a new platform for years on ongoing content so that's a good point and activision even said that they felt like that that was a missed mark in destiny one right yeah like the destiny one as it stood cannot last Mm -hmm. 10 years so it's obvious that they wanted to release you know numbered games like destiny 2 who knows if they want to do three four yeah i mean i think the whole 10 year thing that i think it's being i think i think haters and people who are uh, cynical cynical that's a great way to describe it uh, the more cynical people on there say like this was supposed to be a 10 year game and I don't think anyone who had a level headed perspective on that thought about the game being a 10 year thing but the mm-hmm. franchise the franchise yeah, being of a 10 year thing but it's like, like, is it really realistic to have expected you be playing Destiny 9 on your PS on your Xbox 360 yeah exactly yeah. So it, my, my, yeah. my my question here is like, are they going to develop Destiny 2 as a platform that can last the rest of Destiny's franchise, uh, Destiny's life cycle? I think the answer is yes, as long as the cadence of one, if there's a roadmap, and two, if the mm-hmm. roadmap establishes a cadence of new and exciting and valuable content at a regular pace. Right. Again, World of Warcraft, man. Like, World of Warcraft, Always being vanilla WoW. What is it called? Yeah, World of Warcraft. It's this World little RPG developed. Tell me more about Brought it up a few times. World of Warcraft. It's vanilla, hard not to com- compare that. Yeah, <laughs> Vanilla WoW came out in 2004, mm-hmm. and from 2004 to like mid-2005 or even early 2006, it was just that game. And then all of a sudden, you got Burning Crusade. And mm-hmm. then two years after that, you got Wrath of the Lich King. Yeah. And then that's where I stopped playing, so I forget the names. You got Mists of Pandaria. But you got yeah, very sizable. Panda games. Huge. Games. Yeah, Mists of Pandaria is one of them. Warlords of Drainer is the other one. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I'm Legion's all. the most recent? What's yeah, the new one? Legion. Legion is the new yeah. one, I think. But at any rate, each one of these games is, I would say, even more sizable than the Taken King was relative to Destiny 1. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like Blizzard 
built WoW as a platform yeah. that lasted more than a decade. Yeah, more like, more than like they there's never been there's ever never been a World like, of Warcraft two. because they they didn't need it. Yeah, and it's like is Destiny so, ever going to get to that point? I don't. I mean, I think that there's value. And Fran's brought this up before on the show. There is value in calling something Destiny three, like adding sure. a new number to it because it gives. And they actually touched they touched on it in the vision piece where they say every game that has a number on it is an opportunity to bring in new players and expand the audience yeah. base and do yeah. something new, yeah. which is good and I like that. But as far as the people who are there for the long haul and who want to see the game evolve over time, mm-hmm. as long as the content comes in sizable, valuable chunks, I don't think that there's any reason that it can't come you know, like it should be awesome to get it every two months, right? Like, yeah. or every three months, something big yeah. comes along. Like, wouldn't that be amazing? That would be great. That's what I think I, they wanted. I mean, they've they've gone into some of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They've already like they want to put more content out for the for the players I, who are hungry for content. I think they've solved for that. We don't know how yet, but they they seem they speak confidently, like well, Activision specific and Activision, Activision very very confidently, yeah. like yeah, we fixed that for D two. Well, I think. I because like the live team, you know, the live well, team did these updates that were cool and they were fun, but it's like it's double, team, it's yeah. doubles. Well, have know? they still said what the other two developers they brought on to help with Destiny are doing? PC stuff is that, right? but I mean, that's they're using two developers for PC. Uh, I know Vicarious Visions is working on the PC port, okay, so, and, and then they have uh, High Moon. High Moon, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know specifically. So I mean, we like, do have to move on though. Because, sorry, last thought yeah. on this. Like, I just think it would be. I think, I think Activision. Obviously, Bungie wants to give more, give better, awesome, more stuff to players. But I think Activision's very adamant about this because they see that they're leaving money on the table. Like, if oh, you, yeah. like if there was, if we could deliver, I'm just saying from Activision's perspective, if we could deliver a Taken King style update every six months, mm-hmm. that would increase mm-hmm. revenue like 50%. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, just keep people in your game that keeps yeah. people. Not subscribe, and I don't think that's go. I don't think that's a bad thing. Like no. I would pay for that personally. Like Taken King was awesome; it was huge. It changed I mean, a bunch. How much is World of Warcraft a month? Fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars. And how much is an expansion that we get? Like the Taken King expansion, you know? Yeah, forty bucks was Taken King, so that would be. You pay for, I think you pay what, for expansions in in WoW, or is it just yeah? Part like of it's a full game release. Like it's so you have yeah. so you have to buy yeah. the you have so to, the the I, subscription is just like. What you, you play, can, it's you the can play cost of entry. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have a subscription with Destiny, but I think that's how they're offsetting that cost is by releasing the DLC packages. And I'm going to be very interested to see how they handle that in Destiny too, yeah. because somehow they have to make up that revenue. I'm sure Activision is not just like, yeah, more cool, emotes. We'll put, more emotes. We'll put <laughs> no server costs. Yeah. No, seriously. You know? Yeah. Uh, we have to move on. And okay. there's a few things I want to bring up. Don't forget two more months, two months. This one until Destiny two, <laughs> two months, eleven days until the beta, and uh, I did want to talk about a few things coming on the way. So on Monday, you guys are listening on Friday, and because you're listening, thank you. I wanted to let you know that on Monday we are revealing Control. I had an interview with Lars Bakken, and we interview uh, him about the new Control game type and all the changes happening in that mode, and we also showcase the new map, Endless Veil. Awesome. That's what it's called. Uh, I think you guys are going to like it. Can you tell us more about Endless Veil? You'll see Monday. We're going to have gameplay of the Sentinel Titan. We're going to have gameplay of the Voidwalker Warlock. And it's not bad because I let Bungie play. <laughs> that sounds Any- awesome. Anyway, you know that, you know that you're terrible. Finally, uh, with the beta right around the corner, sometime next week, keep an eye on IGN because we have 
5,000 beta keys to give away. 5,000. Obviously, there's some technical aspects of giving you guys those codes that we still need to figure out. Yeah. But uh, I'm working with Ryan McCaffrey, our previews editor here in uh, Bungie, to ensure that we get those distributed. With that many codes, it's basically going to be like, hey, come here, sign up. Here's your code. Because that is a large quantity to give away. So it sounds like you have a very good opportunity to play the Destiny 2 beta on the platform of your choice. Yes, you can redeem it on Xbox or PS4. Or PC if you want to save it for later. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. Make sure that you're subbing to Fireteam Chat and following us all on Twitter so that you don't miss out on any details of that yeah. because we're going to be Definitely. working through that and figuring out how to message that to the audience yeah. so you don't miss it. But well, also, where's my code? <laughs> so we'll subscribe make sure, to Fireteam Chat. Yeah, we'll make follow sure you us on get one. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. I don't, I don't <laughs> I'll be making an announcement about code. that next week. Keep an eye around Wednesday. Wednesday might be a good day to check out IGN.com. So uh, what else do we got to do? One thing, I definitely want to say thank you to everybody at GuardianCon who came up and said hello and uh, everybody running GuardianCon, everybody who was involved in that process. That event was amazing. We talked about it during the live show. They raised $1.2 million for charity, $1.2 million. They blew past their goal for the year, and uh, <clears throat> they're actually uh, going to a new venue next year and elevating that. Yeah, you you guys touched a little bit about this last week on Unlocked, but I just want to echo the sentiment here. Like, this is a really special thing. Oftentimes, when we work in games or if you spend a lot of time on the internet, it can be easy to get wrapped up in the cynicism and, like, the sort of negativity that comes along with games. But uh, when it's good, man, it's great. The community has done something really awesome here for charity, and it makes me proud to be part of that as a guardian. Yeah, and you go to this event and, like, you see these kids who the community is helping, and it's just like – it's just so great to be part of this community who's just like – we understand each other. We understand the the grind of Destiny. We complain and we challenge Bungie with some of the stuff that we don't like all the time. But at the end of the day, it's a game that's brought together this fantastic group of people who help others, help each other, mm-hmm. and it's just awesome. And that's just a testament of like how strong and how large that community still is after yeah. three years. Like Not a lot of games can do that. Definitely. Here's something for you. Destiny has objectively made the world a better place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, it, it did. It definitely did. Uh, that's all we have time for today. We actually have to clear out of the studio. There's some other IGN shows happening today. So, guys, Brian, do you remember that we do an outro? Were you here when we started doing? I don't know. It's been so long. Is there some some ritual that you guys? Yeah. Uh, so we we say maybe Guardians point out the out camera and, and do it. Do you guys want to do it? Right. Yes, I would love to do it. All right. So we're gonna do it right now. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, like, all that good stuff. And until next time. Guardians out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.